All right, friends. Good morning, good morning. If you don't know me, I'll formally introduce myself. I'm Leah. I have the honor of being the pastor here at Haven. Whoops. Yeah, we'll move over here. <laughs> Hi to all who are in Zoom today. I'm glad you're with us this morning. We're good. Awesome. Um, so yeah, I have the joy today of introducing our guest speaker. Shonda is here. Um, she is, they are going to be leaving the Bay Area soon, but they have been an activist, an author, um, a clergy person, um, an organizer in all kinds of ways in the Bay Area, I think a long time. And um, we have the, uh, the joy of having them speak to us not long before they're heading actually to the East Coast to start um, a PhD program in Pennsylvania, Philly. So um, I'm so excited, Shonda, that you're here. Um, Shonda's written some amazing books I highly recommend. And I know that uh, what they bring to us is gonna be, um, I think, really meaningful for, for us to receive right now. So will you all join me in welcoming Shonda to speak to us this morning? you all today. Thanks for having me. Uh, and thanks especially to Pastor Leah. Uh, we have done some, we've been up to some good trouble together over the years. So I am really glad to be with you. I've got a couple of uh, sacred texts. I'm not going to say scriptures. One of them's from uh, the canonical Bible and one of them's a different kind of sacred text. So let's start with the poem Democracy by Langston Hughes. Democracy will not come today, this year, nor ever through compromise and fear. I have as much right as the other fellow has to stand on my own two feet and own the land. I tire so of hearing people say, let things take their course. Tomorrow is another day. I do not need my freedom when I'm dead. I cannot live on tomorrow's bread. Freedom is a strong seed planted in a great need. I live here too. I want freedom just as you. The other sacred text comes to us from the book of Judges. I am sure you hear sermons from the book of Judges every single Sunday, so this will be a familiar one. That was a little joke. Nobody preaches from Judges. Um, it is a book in the Hebrew Bible, and this is chapter 8, verses 22 and 23. Then the Israelites said to Gideon, Rule over us, you and your son and your grandson also, for you have delivered us out of the hand of Midian. Gideon said to them, I will not rule over you, and my son will not rule over you. The Lord will rule over you. This is the word from the Hebrew Bible. So I am delighted to be with you. Like Leah already mentioned, I have been doing organizing and uh, activism work in Oakland for the past 18 years. I have been doing multi-faith organizing work for the past 28 years. Um, it will be hard to leave for four years, even though I know I'm coming back at the end of that. Uh, Oakland is the place that has my heart. In fact, on the back cover of my most recent book, Rebels, Despots, and Saints, 
Uh, my bio says, um, Oakland is Shonda's one true love. So I, and I'm sure my partner forgives me for saying that. So I am delighted to be with y'all. And I wonder if you would be with me in an attitude of prayer. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Melt us, mold us, fill us, use us, Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Amen. I don't know what your hobbies are. It might be swimming, it might be crocheting, it might be collecting rocks. It might be the same hobby as me, which is watching documentaries about the religious right. Anybody? No? <laughs> Our podcasts, that also counts. I have been on a binge of all of them. There's a documentary series, uh, there's a documentary about Jerry Falwell Jr. There's a documentary series about the Duggars. There's a documentary series about the family. If you're not familiar with them, they're the ones that run the uh, national prayer breakfast that everybody thinks the president runs. Um, there's a documentary series about Hillsong. And they're all very different, right? They're about, a right-wing religious university, they are about a TV show celebrity family, they're about a creepy think tank that pretends it's not, they are about a, a church that I really thought was just a music producer, it turns out they were a, a worshiping community for many years. They're very different from each other, but the one thing that all of them have in common across much diversity of strategy, underneath all of the layers, they all see democracy as a threat to God's reign. I think that's really important. I want to say it one more time. They all see democracy as a threat to God's reign. Now, I suspect all of us care about democracy we see the value of it, we think it's important. I have found that the folks on the religious right are really clear on why their commitment to hierarchy is spiritually ordained. I find myself thinking that we don't often spend much time thinking about our spiritual commitment to democracy. I know that you all are embarking on a theme in worship over the next few weeks around collaboration. And that has my heart. Everything in my life is about how do we figure out how to be together in light of God's love. And so I love this theme. For the past couple of years, I have stepped back from the nonprofit that I founded, the Oakland Peace Center. And I've been doing diversity, equity, and inclusion work, mostly with nonprofits, sometimes with religious organizations or universities. And a lot of the work that I get to do with folks is around the theme of 
cultural humility, what it means to have values-centered organizations, that clarity of what is it that we are for, what is it that unites us, because when our cultural differences show up, and they will, we need to have something that connects us, that grounds us, that's foundational for us in order to navigate those cultural differences and to be aware of where cultural defaults show up in our work with each other. So I'm a fan of this theme of collaboration, of getting clear on what brings us together, what we're for, what we're creating together, because we will inevitably have conflict, we will have different ways of engaging things, and having something to turn to in the midst of that can help us navigate those conflicts well. I think that democracy only works when we find ways to engage each other grounded in something shared. The religious right has done a really good job of getting grounded in what it is they share. And some of my friends are really despairing about that. The folks who believe in hierarchy, who believe in oppression, who believe in marginalization of people who are different from them, they're always a step ahead. They're always putting us on the defensive because so many of us have been harmed by the right, by hate. We show up with all of our hurt and we end up hurting each other in the midst of trying to build that alternative. As a friend of mine recently said to me in frustration, what's so hard is that hate moves faster than love. So I found myself visiting this scripture from Judges because in many ways I have found myself thinking recently that the Hebrew Bible is a warning not to fall prey to the seduction of hierarchy. In fact, this passage and most of the book of Judges is about God's people saying, we need a king. All the other people have a king. Give us a king. And God keeps saying, you have each other. You have your brains. You have me. You don't need, you've got judges who can help you figure out your differences. And they're like, but everyone else has a king. We want a king too. And God's like, fine. You want a king? I will give you Saul, who was a real winner. That guy ran on paranoia, kind of like a recent king that we had here. Uh, we got David, who decided he really thought Bathsheba was hot and killed that, that woman's husband so he could sleep with his wife, right? Uh, we got Solomon, who was supposedly brilliant and yet tore apart his kingdom based on caprice. We got all the kings that we asked for, and we got the kings that we asked for. So you heard Leah mention that I'm going back to school. I'm going to be doing a PhD in social policy. Part of the reason for that is I have been working, like I said, in multi-faith organizing uh, since my early organizing days back in DC in the mid-90s. And my dream at this point is for us to launch a religious left think tank, a multi-faith think tank 
that is kind of our version of the Heritage Foundation. I don't know if you've heard about them, but about 50 years ago, they got started and they were like, what would happen if we took over the Supreme Court? What would happen if we took over Congress? What would happen if we took over the White House? So that we could put women back in their place, so we could get rid of uh, basic rights for religious minorities, so that we could make sure that we had control over everybody's bodies. And they worked tenaciously on it for 50 years. And that is a large part of why we are where we are today. So my first, for the first time in almost 30 years of multi-faith organizing, I think that we, together, collectively, across our diversity of faiths, across our diversity of racial and orientation and gender experiences, we have a sense of what it is that we are for collectively, and we have the investment to really run with that, with a 50-year vision for what could come from now. And honestly, our vision is a lot more appealing than the one of the Heritage Foundation. It is a world that more people want to live in, and I'm really excited about the possibilities. So this is why I'm going back to school. I think my friend was right. Hate does move faster than love. But the thing is, it can't carry us very far. And it consumes us rather than fueling us. So I find myself thinking a lot about the amazing racial justice organizer and visionary Adrienne Marie Brown, who says, we need to move and organize at the speed of trust. There is something about being that community of love, that community of equality, that community of justice that we are seeking to build in the world that actually is healing, that actually brings us the sustenance we need to keep doing the hard work. In other words, I think democracy is actually a spiritual calling. The political battles that we have been witnessing over the past few years, the attempts to eliminate black history in our schools, demanding everyone follow the gender norms created by one specific group of people, wiping out protections for equal access by people of non-dominant religions and orientations, eliminating basic protections around immigration rights, taking away people's rights to determine what happens to their own bodies. There's an irony in all of those political battles. Because ironically, the departure from secular democracy, the attempt to build religiously influenced anti-democratic laws, are leading us towards, leading us again, towards a country that goes against God's laws, and more importantly, against God's love. I worry that we're not talking about these things as people of faith. We might be talking about them, but we're not generally connecting them to the spiritual ground of our being. I worry that people don't necessarily realize that the ultimate goal of people with power is to strip away democracy, 
And I worry that our desire to be polite means that we're not even having the conversations with people who agree with us, but aren't necessarily as involved in doing justice. The people we know at work, at school, at book club, in our own families. I do a lot of book talks and people get really excited about my content and they say, but how would you use this in a purple church, in a church that is very, very diverse in its understanding of how the world works? How would you use this in a rural church? How would you use this in a community with people who are committed to dismantling the rights of the LGBT community or to taking away access to the history of race in this country? And my response is not very helpful in that I say, I would not try to use it in those settings. I'm not trying to win over people with radically different worldviews than mine. But I also know lots of people in rural areas, in purple churches, in places where there are diverse perspectives who feel isolated and alone in their desire for people to have more freedom, more choices, more basic human rights to things like a fair wage or medical care. And it turns out when they have the space to have those conversations, an awful lot of people would like to have access to things like a fair wage and medical care and basic decent treatment and acknowledgement of their humanity. And for some reason, fascism just doesn't yield good health benefits. No one's ever said the loss of personal freedoms is rough, but at least in this autocracy, my pension is awesome. I think there's something about the world that we are trying to build that actually does serve all of humanity. I'm interested in a movement where our diversity of lived experience shapes our decisions. I'm interested in a movement where we all know why we're here. And the reason is both visionary enough to inspire and specific enough to actually guide us. I'm interested in a movement where like the Book of Judges suggests, we do not defer to the authority of people, but to the authority of our shared commitments. I'm interested in a movement where we have learned enough about each other that we are all watching out for each other's needs to such an extent we don't have to always be watching out for our own needs. That in order for that to happen, we have to bring an awareness of how God is actually calling the faithful to protecting a secular democracy and a culture of interdependence and to name that that vision is under attack. If you're wondering why I chose the Langston Hughes poem, as we do this work, I hope that Langston Hughes' poem about democracy keeps us humble. Even while Supreme Court justices all pledge to administer justice without respect to persons and do equal right to the poor and to the rich, that throughout the history of our country has been an aspiration at best, more than a reality. Which is why God brought, God brought us together. 
This is work no one person can or should do. This is why the theme of collaboration is such a deeply spiritual theme for this community and for all of Christendom. The reality of God and the realm of God exists only among us. So as we pray together, God's kingdom come, God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven, the thing I want to leave you with is that perhaps now is the time we build that kingdom here on earth, creating, as Gideon called on us to, a nation where no man is lord and sovereign. May we be the ones to turn the aspiration of democracy and equality for all into reality for God's sake.